Hello and welcome to another Off the Crossbar podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris, in which we discuss everything that's happening in football. But before we get to that, if you like what you're hearing, like and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you're listening to us, with weekly podcasts released on Mondays and Fridays. But as I said, I'm joined by Brad, and it hasn't been a good weekend for us, has it? Listen, I tried to make the best of it uh, I could, given <laughs> I was celebrating my 25th birthday, but yeah, having a lovely day, just chilling, went out, came back, watched the game, it all went so nicely, happy days if you will. Yes. And then it hit half four. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's all when the downhill came. from there, very dampened, but no, I still enjoyed the birthday. Made the best of what I could from it. Well, that's uh, even if those bastards ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll get onto them in just a second, but there's only one place we can really start with uh, Saturday's fixtures, and that is, of course, from the King Power Stadium, where Leicester City played Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United. (sighs) I mean, where do we start with this game? I think it's probably best for you to go ahead. Your team. (laughs) I mean, go wild. We'll start on the minor positives we can take from this game for Man United. Greenwood's finish absolutely world class. One of the best finishes I've seen. You could uh, you could say in the league. The positives from this were actually that it was one of the best games of the season, and the goals were very nice. Yeah. Uh, the only other positive about it from Man United situation is obviously. Uh, we got to see Marcus Rashford uh, come on in the 65th minute for Sancho and he actually gets the goal that puts uh, United level at the time other than that no positives from the game for the Red Devils I have to step in here because you have to be the most positive Manchester United fan I know right now well, I mean but in all that I have one thing to say to you because no dear that's wrong <laughs> How are you being positive about any of this right now? No, I said we'll start with the positives from Man United. The only positives. We will get to the rest of the stuff now. And one name sticks out to me. And it's not only going to Solskjaer. I'm not going to be the one that's screaming Oli out ever. I'm not going to call for a moment. Good, that's my job. One person who I am putting under the cosh is Harry Maguire. Every single Leicester goal is his fault. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I've just looked back at the highlights earlier on today, just to give myself a quick memory fresh from watching it on Match of the Day on Saturday. And Maguire just costly mistake after costly mistake, which led to Leicester going on to emphatically win 4-2. And there's just got to be question marks over his defending. Then you look at the willingness and desire from the rest of United players to try and get back and put in tackles and just show a bit of hunger and it was just nowhere to be seen like they were just cowardly defending and playing like it, it's just not a team you think hang on the quality of players they've got these lot should be fighting for the title and you watch that performance and you're like are they actually going to make top four with watching uh, how they played at the weekend it is just absolutely woeful there is question marks as to whether these lot of players actually are 
good enough to play as a team. Like, yes, we've got standout world quality players, but that doesn't matter. It's you have to have a team cohesion, and you can see that with Leicester. Yes, they're not going to have their big money signings, but they've got a good quality of a core group of players who actually show the desire to fight for the badge and win games for the fans. And you look at it from a United standpoint, this is obviously probably the hardest period uh, of fixtures that they've got over this next month and a half, two months. And you've got to raise question marks. Like If they're playing this badly against Leicester, I mean, just looking forth to this weekend, they play Liverpool, then... Uh, obviously they've got league action, uh, Champions League action against uh, Atalanta then they face Spurs uh, at the end of this month and then the final game before the international break is the Manchester Derby and you've got to be saying if they're playing like that against Leicester who out of the f- uh, remaining games are probably one of the easiest sides we've got to face I'm dreading to think how we're going to line up against Liverpool uh, and Manchester City there were so many different points raised in what you just said. <laughs> I have no idea where to start. But uh, I want to go back on Harry Maguire. Mm-hmm. Because I, mean, I guess I have to say welcome to the Harry Maguire Critique Club. First time, is it? <laughs> uh, I mean, just, Jesus. You know the best way to describe this guy? You remember when Renato Sanchez had the mickey taken out of him when he passed the ball to the advertising hordes? Mm-hmm. At Swansea. Well, that's Harry Maguire on a weekly basis. Mm. This man is awful. With the ball in his feet, he panics. He, he can't complete a simple pass. I mean, for that one goal where, was it Ricardo Pereira took it off his feet after the short pass from De Gea? And you like, just, I don't know what he's looking at there. Just lump your foot for it. Don't think of where it's going. Just get it away from you. And then, like, I don't know if you see in in the midst of the Leicester celebrations, but whilst the camera is still wide enough, you can see him look like he's having a go at De Gea for blaming him for the past. And maybe De Gea should have sent it long, but at the same time, just put your foot through it straight away as soon as it comes to you. Yeah. Literally two, two touches. One, take it with your left foot, control it, right foot, send it up the line. It's not like you've got slow players forward. You've got... Sancho on one side and um, you've got Ronaldo who obviously isn't the same as he was previously but he's still got good pace and you've got Greenwood on the opposite side they're going to give you that pace that you need on the counter attack just lummox the ball up the field and relieve the pressure from yourselves don't play this silly out the back football like that's one thing I hate about this new football over the last three year, three four years is the amount of times not just Man United Defenders up and down the country get caught out from playing it out at the back. Like the amount of goals you've seen from defenders' mistakes like that has definitely have got to have gone up over the last five, six years. Of course, that's the modern way of football. But I'm still sticking with Harry McGuire because generally somebody your best this weekend. And I know he's not a defender, but the points that he raised, it just <laughs> just funny. Raphael van der Vaart. <laughs> He's in the quote. I will read it out to you if you like that. What's he said now? So he said on Harry Maguire, if he's worth 90 million, Van Dyke is 300 million. 
I think Maguire goes home every day and tells his wife, I'm so shit at football, but I earn so much. They really believe I'm good. I really think so. He laughs at everyone. I mean, Van der Vaart just loves criticising him. Uh, every player that has won bad game. And I mean, yes, Maguire's had a really bad run of form recently. He's probably his worst in a Man United shirt. Uh, but... but look, let's face it. You can say, oh, Harry Maguire, bad performance. To look at it from a different perspective, this is a guy who everyone believed that was not fit. Mm. And so we find out Saturday morning, Harry Maguire in squad in amazing comeback. Manchester United's best defender, he's in. End of the night, it's always the worst defender we've got. Yeah. <laughs> but is that is that Harry Maguire's fault that he came back from injury so quickly and got put straight in? Yeah. Well, there's obviously going to be question marks raised over that point whether Solskjaer's brought him back too early, or oh, there's not there's question marks, and the answer's very obvious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that like, That's, there there isn't any defending. Solskjaer with this game, I know you're trying. No, I'm not. But, but there is. There's a lot of the headline is so obvious. Ole outclassed by another top quality manager. What what's he getting using? What was he using as an excuse this time? Was it the ten minute playing flight that they took? Did it disorient them? The, the jet lag was it? No, they were just poor. They got everything wrong. Ten fucking minutes of an airplane. Everything that gets mooted in climate change and everything, and they thought that was a good idea. All right, Greta Thunberg, be quiet. No one cares about your climate change. This is a football podcast. I don't care about the bloody climate. So you thought a 10-minute planning flight just to Leicester was a okay thing? Yep. 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 2 minutes. I couldn't give a crap. We're a football podcast, not aviation or Greenpeace. I don't care about this stuff. I care about football. In terms of we're living in, it's a massive waste of fuel. <laughs> Well, it's quick and easy to get down there, safe, so I think to be stuck on the motorway trying to come from Manchester to the East Midlands. But, um... That's why the M6 exists. There's always traffic on the M6, though. That's rule one of the M6, is if there's not traffic, then it's the end of the world. Anyway, back to the football. Then just plan ahead better. Um, yeah, a lot of question marks have to be asked around Solskjaer. Did he pick Maguire too early? Is this team yes. really... Like, are they? I know I said it uh, in my little rant at the start. Are they actually a team willing to fight for each other? Because uh, Gary Neville said it. I don't know whether it's on Monday Night Football or actually on his Instagram Live afterwards. But you look at these other teams: your Liverpool's, your Manchester City's, even your Leicester's. You can see the teams fighting, and there's the hunger there to play for the manager, play for the fans, play for this. Like, you look at United, and it's just a bunch of discontent players that are world class but if they're not on the same page there's no point in trying and is that a fact down to the manager's lack of experience of managing these top players in the past probably so yes but then it's the fact of is real i know a lot of people are calling for Ali out and maybe in the future the next 12 months you'll see it become more uh, fiscal I think it's the right word I'm looking for um, who knows but if I can stick with Gary Neville because he already made comments before the game even happened that just baffled me 
because apparently he was supposed to have said that Solskjaer needs to just pick 11 players and let them decide what their style of play is excuse me and that's what who's the manager in this situation yeah but that's why he doesn't manage a football club anymore and his tenure at Valencia is more known for about how awful it was rather than anything good he did Still no excuse that. Why would Charleston time to do that? He should be coaching it into exactly. it. But I mean, like, let's go forward. He wasn't the only one making comments as well. He was Paul Pogba was there after the game, making notes as mm. well, saying Man United needs to change something. Oh, it's but apparent. I can't think what that is. I mean, let's look forward to this Liverpool game now just for a brief second and then we'll move on to <laughs> look forward to it well, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it in gleeful pleasure <laughs> we'll do a proper preview of it later on in the week of course but United's 11 you should be dreading oh yeah I am I'm petrified of it um, the back four I don't think is going to change or the back five I don't think is going to change for this weekend at all coming up against Liverpool unless there's an injury crop up in their midweek game then I think it's the rest of the team that needs to be like question marks raised over how you play because does he already concede the fact that Liverpool are probably going to dominate possession and does he start McTominay and Fred or Matic and Fred that was the that was the issue that's why you lost where was McTominay and Fred at least you got a point when they played McTominay came on for the last 10 minutes and Fred obviously because he came like he played on Friday morning uh, for Brazil against Uruguay. That's why he didn't play. No excuse for some of the players of the rest of the league. Yeah, but the. Because um, I know you're about to talk about Emiliano Martinez and that situation. His game was. It wasn't even him, it was Douglas Luiz. <laughs> I don't think. He, did he play in that game? Yes, he did. Are you sure? Was I watching on Saturday? Yes, no, I was. No, I mean, was you watching the Brazil game? Well, I don't know if he played in that, but he's still there exactly. with him. So he would have had to still travel. Yeah, but if you're not playing, then it's not going to take it that much of a toll on you compared to those that did play. Travelling in a very short space of time from somewhere like Brazil, it's going to put a toll uh, on it. Check yeah, he came on for... The... That's how you know how he plays well when they took a 10-minute playing flight from Leicester. He came on for the last 20 minutes. Where Fred played 88 minutes and Edison played the full 90 and Gabriel Jesus played 60 minutes. But yeah, that doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah point. going forth, there needs to be changes in the United team. Otherwise, it's going to be a long, same old, same old. United, nowhere near challenging for the title and or on, and any, any titles, that is. And the pressure is going to mount on Solskjaer sooner or later to get this squad winning. No, I mean, it'll be even bigger, especially uh, over these next two, three weeks before the next international break. And I don't know what he does that gets him looking good and saying, right, these are the changes I need to make and this is going to actually be crucial and this is going to save my job. Oh, who knows? Anyway, um, that's enough talk about Manchester United there was uh, more fixtures. Yeah. I've had my fun, and now I need to be put down a peg or two from what I saw the weekend. Give it me. Yeah, so Villa 
played their Midlands rivals in the Premier League, Wolverhampton Wanderers, same time as United played, obviously. Uh, again, we'll start off with the minor positives, and they are only minor positives. Danny Ying's getting back on the score sheet for Aston Villa after, what, has he gone three, four games now without scoring before Saturday? It is, but he was still a bit crap. Yeah, uh, and then McGinn's goal as well. Nice goal. Can't he wasn't that. crap. He yeah. was probably our best player. However, for that final goal, was it? Did it take a deflection of him lying on the floor? No, look, I'll get to the deflection okay. of what it was. Look, yeah, so Villa looked one, only one reaction of this. I was just sat there. Watching the, that first one goes in, and I just knew. Yeah. Just couldn't have been more obvious that it was coming. Yeah, I mean... I'm just sat there like, this is now the perfect time to bring out the impression I've been trying to do ever since the inception of this podcast, and that is my mob boss impression. There's also something for the Sopranos, I just sat there like, how could this happen? <laughs> how could this happen? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean... 80 minutes, you're 2-0 up. Roman size scores the first one to make it 2-1. And then you're like... It just seemed all life out of Villa was sucked out of them. And then Wolves... Oh, it was gone way before that. Oh, yeah, but like it was fully, completely gone way out the window when Sice uh, pulled one back. And then Wolves just found that second gear and they just turned up like to the max the last 10 minutes... And it proved case on point. I mean, the Connor Cody goal, you just looked at six and sevens at the back for it. I couldn't tell you how livid I was watching that ball just go past Ollie Watkins. Yeah. Just watches it go past him. No reactions to it whatsoever. No one's followed Cody either. No. You've got Target just watching him on the side. And then poor Axel. I think criticising my axle, but yeah, how has he just not cleared that ball? I have get your knee on it. Yeah, you have to boost it. Just get some sort of contact on it, and it will go away. And then is Man United training kicking? <sighs> Please, we've had enough slander of Man United today. Um, and then the third goal in stoppage time. Literally the last what two minutes, if that, of the game. They get a free kick. Ruben Nevis takes it and it gets a massive deflection off a Villa player and it goes past Emmy Martinez. Now, if I was a neutral, mm-hmm. I'd have the utmost respect for a comeback like this. Oh, yeah. Like but if, as a neutral. This is happening against my team. Yeah, you're going to be absolutely. I'm furious. Yeah. I mean. They've won the game with what I can only describe as the shittiest free kick I've ever seen in my life. No, I've seen worse. No, the, fuck off. <laughs> this was the worst free kick I've ever seen. Do you the not remember? It takes off Matt Target. No, Matt it's Target. Disgraceful. He turns his back. Yeah. Turns his back, and then it just starts slowly trickling towards the goal. Time slowed down. Mm. But what have I in that moment? What have I said though about players, not just in f- uh, Wolves, but in general? That's Wolves, like W A W L, not Wolves. Don't turn your back. Let the ball hit you. Because if it takes a deflection off your back, it's more, nine times out of ten, it's going to go in. 
is going to catch the keeper out because he's not expecting his defender to turn his back ever and that's why nine times out of ten keepers get wrong footed and it goes the opposite way and they can't deal with it just stand fucking still and jump when you need to jump face the ball what's the worst that's going to happen you're going to get hit in the head if you're up the other end of the field you're going to go for a header when the ball comes into the box or it's going to hit you in the chest again controlling the ball crossfield pass pass to you you know chest down just do the basics of football you know what else annoys me as well with my team what they claim to be good on the ball mm-hmm. like we don't just get the ball and clear it whereas get the ball and try and hold it up and maybe win a foul or something yeah but a group of players are supposedly so good at it they're absolutely crap at it mm. they are shocking in it I wish they would just clear the fucker or the ball, I should say the ball. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean in that situation. Um, so livid. Yeah. There was one instance in the first half, Mings had it. He got closed down by, I can't remember who it was, it might have been Huang. Then Mings has somehow gone to the corner, near his own penalty area, and he ends up just knocking it out of by for a corner himself. Yeah. It's... Like this guy, I don't get him. I'm trying so hard to go for him. <laughs> But it's getting to a point now where any other team, he's dropped. Mm. But because he's our captain now, he's probably the first name on the team sheet. And he's the mainstay in your squad. Like, you have to have him in defences, don't you, realistically? Yeah. But I'm fully in now and just, I don't like the 3 5 set. Mm. I find there's more negatives with it than there are positives. Yeah. Positives are, oh, our wing-backs seem to be helped out by it. more so Matty Cash than Target. Mm. Cash has come to life, although he's now just taking up just shooting whenever he gets the chance. <laughs> yeah, I think Matt Target this season really has struggled. I mean, I'm just thinking back to that very first game of the season and the amount... You know what was funny? Go <laughs> Like... Target, as we've said, has been destroyed by players who just run at him mm. all season. What weapon did Wolves have that, for some reason, every run he made was never down the right side against the likes of Matt Target and Tyrone Mings, who would just struggle against the He's like, Oh, I know. I think I know the answer to this. Is Ooh, it. Didn't you, sir? Was it former Aston Villa player Adama Traore? You would be correct. We are the only club that makes this guy look like a world-class threat. Yeah, I mean, I can just think... It's a joke. Again, I, um, I was just refreshing the myself. The man is a glorified 100-meter runner. Yeah. I was watching the highlights again earlier. Did you see the one where he, he ran practically half the length of the pitch and somehow didn't score? Yeah, because he... Was it Martin has uh, made a save or did it hit off the post in the end? I think it was Martin. He pretty much hit it straight at Martin's, but Martin's had died and it looked like he'd only just saved it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, how? He's done 99% of the hard work. The easiest bit there is the finish and he messes it up, which sums up Adama Traore's career in a nutshell, though. I'm sure fair. I've said it before, but it is that, you know, that vid that's basically the meme of Adama Traore when defenders see him coming towards, I don't know what to do. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's Tyrone Mings. <laughs> again, not looking 
forth to the future now. Your next two fixtures are teams in and around yourselves. Obviously, you've got Arsenal on Friday who are one place below you or are they now above you, Arsenal? After the... They've gone above us after last night's draw. Yeah, but... Uh... but they do a win against us. Arteta hasn't got a win mm-hmm. against us. <laughs> so it's worrying. And then you play West Ham as well who seem to be in a... Yeah, we don't beat them now. <laughs> <laughs> we... We seem to struggle against them lately, but just, mm. I'm just worried that we're looking at a lower mid-table season. When we should be pushing on. Obviously, it's not mass panic stations for us because we still haven't seen a long run where we've had probably our most creative player involved in Leon Bailey. Mm. And a reminder to people, been... there's still 30 games left of the season. 30. Yeah, we're fifth. Yeah, like we're only eight games into the season. Yes, obviously the bigger clubs are going to be more panic when they're not performing, aka Arsenal at the start of the season, Manchester United now, but there is still a very, very long way to go in this season. So, yeah, if this was March, April time where we're talking about these defeats, then I'd be like, okay, we're into the last month, month and a half of the season. This is rightly warranted, but we're in October. Calm down for now. Um. On to uh, one of the Sunday's games now, and before we get into the game, we just got to itself credit to Sergio Reguilon and uh, Eric Dyer for their quick actions uh, during this game on Sunday. Yeah, it was it was just almost callbacks to the Ericsson stuff. You just could yeah. tell someone was wrong. They don't just stop for nothing. Yeah. My first thought was, oh, has something been said? Is is that what has happened? But mm. then you start hearing crowd and it's like okay this is an emergency now yeah and fortunately those two players had their attention drawn over to the stance where unfortunately that Newcastle fan had mm. uh, collapsed both, both awarded man of the match mm. as well the only time I will accept the joint man of the match award that's now coming yes Although I'd like to think Eric Dyer got it for his amazing goal. Like, that was fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. that. I, I, what the fuck was he thinking there? <laughs> it's Eric Dyer. Uh, Who knows anymore? Like, genuinely, the fuck was he thinking? He felt like, bad for Bruce, didn't he? You've seen it now. I'll give him one. Like, I've seen that goal back now three or four times, and I still don't know what the fuck Eric Dyer was trying to do. Gareth Southgate likes it so much he's thinking of putting him in the next England squad. Wouldn't fucking surprise me. Gareth Southgate loves picking Eric Dyer. Um, but if it's something positive. else that I could say handled very well, it was Scar's coverage during the break. It was almost a pretty scary coincidence that that happened when mm. they had David Ginnaner in the as a pundit. Yeah. Who, uh, for those who don't know, back in 2018, I want to say, was it or 16? Uh, he was playing in a charity match and. Uh, collapsed and uh, was attended to and uh, defibrillated and the proper CPR was administered and obviously he's still around with us today and obviously during that scary incident he was able to talk to uh, the rest of the people in the studio about the correct procedures and what to do and why people learning CPR is such a important thing in life a good, honest, open discourse that should happen more often in a mass television audience. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And 
it's great to see that the fan uh, is now in a stable condition and is uh, reportedly recovering very well. So, best mm-hmm. wishes to him and his family. Um, on the game itself, Spurs got the victory to ruin Steve Bruce's 1,000th game in charge. Harry Kane. And the whole Newcastle New Era party. Yeah, that as well. Um, you can't even like even hearing the atmosphere would have got a little bit of chills. Is that you'll just make some? Oh yeah, their fans are pretty decent. Yes. Um, oh, them displays. I love a good Tifa. <laughs> you don't see that many Tifos in English football, do you? No, you think like Palace are probably the most known for it. Like they moved the Homestale lot to the centre, mm. the stand, so it's a lot more prevalent. But yeah, you don't see much. Although Newcastle bring on the odd one here and there, but they've just had no reason to. Exactly. Um, on the game itself. Spurs winning 3-2, Kane finally scoring this season in the league. Um, great finish as well. I will give him that. It was a really nice finish. Yeah, uh, but can this guy actually score against someone that's A, not 19th in the league and B, not 5th in the Slovenian league? Or San Marino uh, as well. <laughs> well, we'll find out soon enough because they play West Ham uh, this Sunday and then they play Man United the week after and then Everton the week after that so we'll find out in the next month or so of football whether he can actually do so <clears throat> excuse me but yeah good for Nuno's side that get the win I think it was realistically yeah, the second half dragged a bit the atmosphere had obviously gone understandably mm. but yeah oh, it, was that was very... it. <laughs> it was nice to see John Joe shall we put in the perfect audition to the new owners as well just typical John Joe Shelby stuff that was though wasn't it must be realistic it's so predictable mm, comes on 60th minute 20 minutes later he's sent off he didn't even need to bring him down as well you're already 3-1 behind mm. why, why, why do that mm. two yellow cards in the space of 5 minutes mm. sum up John Joe Shelby and tackling in a sentence and I think I've just done it if there's one last thing that's brought up a bit of a discussion, it's the um, surprising amount of tea towels now being worn on on heads of Newcastle fans. I know the reasons why, but it's probably not best. Mm-hmm. Culturally, yeah, in this day and age, obviously, uh, it has been said they don't want to be like seen as to be like mocking the Arabs and uh, also countries that pay- wear also morally and ethically should we be celebrating some of those people for what they've been accused of no but we'll stick to the football side of stuff and we won't get into all that because that's a lot of drama and yeah just free games <laughs> yes uh, so Monday Night Football yesterday absolute cracking game between Palace and Arsenal oh, I don't know if it was for them Majority, but I had the first half on and then missed part of the second half. I've missed Benteke scoring, which I'm gutted by because, of course, he scored at the Emirates, he always does. Yes, and then Odson Edwards finished. Whoa, took the roof off, didn't it? Did it people were blaming Ramsdale for that. I don't see what was his fault. It was a good finish. No, no, no chance in harm. I'm not blaming Ramsdale for no, there was a either of, of them goals. There's the old criticism towards him. Bit weird. It was mainly uh, Thomas Partey that 
Oh, I had a problem with giving the ball away for both their goals, wasn't it? Or was it Lukonga for the second? Uh, I think there was the odd mention on you as well. I didn't see that either. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't his best, but definitely no uh, mm. moaning towards Aaron Ramsdale for them goals. Um, mm. It took to the last. Go on. If there's the last thing with Palace, because while they've looked good. It's a slight concern that that's the second game in a row that they've conceded an equaliser in the last kick of the game. Yeah. Got to be unusual. more uh, resolute at the back. No, because they played Leicester last before Leicester Arsenal. Last back-to-back away games that they've done it. Uh, yes. Cause, well, no, they were home for the last game against Brighton. That, But yes, two out of their last three games... They've conceded later. Listen, don't blame me. I get my stats from external sources. <laughs> <laughs> well, my sources are 100% correct because I'm looking at it right now. Um, Your sources are in the fridge, mate. <laughs> um, like I said, rescuing a point very late on. Um, celebrated like you won the bloody Champions League final there, though. I mean, that was a bit embarrassing. Yeah, but... You'd go mental in that position as well. Mm. Um, not the best of starts to October for uh, Mikel Arteta side two draws now against sides you would think Arsenal on paper should be beating Major next up more. Aston Villa on... <laughs> next up you Aston Villa, Villa on Friday <laughs> oh, it's not happy times uh, right let's get a quick round up of the rest of the action from the Premier League Liverpool put five past uh, Watford to dampen Claudio Ranieri's first start as mm, Watford no manager. Surprise. And if you've also seen as well, there's apparently concerns with Ben Foster. Yes. If you've read the, the higher-ups, they don't think he's focused enough. They I didn't say there was a problem with that last year when you were winning, lads. <laughs> exactly. It's a load of old cop. It's just to make an excuse for any excuses. That's all it is. Um... Firmino scoring a hat-trick. Yeah. Uh, Firmino scoring a hat-trick. Mane getting his 100th Premier League goal. And Mo Salah with, yet again, another absolutely stunning Mo Salah goal. Yeah, have you seen all the, the, the discourse with him and Ronaldinho? Was it saying, like, people questioning who's better, him or Ronaldinho? Yeah. And this was I mean, before the goal of the weekend, because the goal of the weekend was very Ronaldinho-esque. Yeah, but to me, Ronaldinho will always be better than Salah. Like, don't yeah, get me wrong, Salah's a phenomenal we, player. Yeah, we've grown up in that era where we just watched this Brazilian do things that we've never seen anyone else do. Mm. You want to do all those skills when you're playing with mates, what do you call them? The Ronaldinho. Oh, yeah. That was always the way growing up. You'd always be doing Ronaldinho stuff. I'd want to be um, Ronaldinho the footballer. I'm not sure I'd want to be Ronaldinho the man. No. Nah. Um, anyway, <laughs> rest of the Premier League. Manchester City beat Burnley 2-0, which is surprising that they only scored two goals in that game. Uh, Norwich and Brighton played out a boring 0-0 draw. Uh, result doesn't affect Brighton too much, but uh, Norwich still winless this season in the Premier League. Uh, Southampton beat... Well, I saw yesterday in the Arsenal-Paris game with referencing... Arsenal, but I'd say it Norwich. They haven't scored a goal in the second half yet this season. I mean, they've only scored two goals all season. It's just not very good, is it? And we said they're no. making a bit of a discourse with them as well about we're not here to train other clubs' players when they're coming on loan. No. 
it was to do with Billy Gilmore at first, and now I think it's coming in now with Brandon Williams because he's not playing either. Right. So, what have you learned him there? Well, You've yeah, learned him in to play for you and make your team better. Exactly. That's the whole idea. And they're sticking with uh, Dimitris Yarnoulis as their left back and uh, Lise Maloub in midfield as well as some of the players. So, like, why, like you said, why bring in players on loan from teams that are better than you? This is no offence to Norwich, but Man United and Chelsea are better than. Norwich to improve your squad and you don't play them Billy Gilmore was definitely starting games in them isn't he he was but he didn't at the weekend well see that's a problem you can't have got to start someone like Billy Gilmore because clearly he's a talent mm-hmm. um, right the rest of the Premier League now uh, Southampton managed to beat Leeds United 1-0 over the weekend uh, good result for Ralph Hassan Hootel's side elsewhere Chelsea managed to beat Brentford 1-0 with Ben Chilwell scoring the only goal of the game. Again, Lukaku not scoring. His drought continues. Yeah, I thought Chelsea were slightly lucky to come away with three points. It was all Brentford yeah, towards the end. I don't know how they didn't score. The main reason for that obviously being that Eduard Mendy probably is the best goalkeeper in the world. At this minute in time, yeah. And yeah, then... Uh, for that over a kick. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And finally, West Ham got the better of Everton uh, with Angelo Ogbonna scoring the only goal of the game, though that wasn't the best of games, let's be honest. Still winning the David Moyes derby, though. (laughs) (laughs) Right, uh, let's have a quick look around Europe this past weekend. Uh, We'll start off over in Spain and Barcelona beat Valencia 3-1 despite uh, being 1-0 down in the first five minutes. Ansu Fati at Memphis Depay and a goal from Philip Coutinho. Helped Ronald Koeman's side to a much-needed win. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the, the only two big Fatty. Seems that's coming his way. Yes, though obviously the release clause apparently has been argued by uh, George Mendes, his agent, because I don't know whether he wanted it to be more than one billion or less than one billion. I'm not too sure. Two billion but pounds. Yeah, I thought he was going to do two and then try and make it sound like Cristiano Ronaldo's sue. Then um, do you have a teams? I was wrong anyway. Two euros. Yes, uh, Real Madrid and Atletico didn't play because, like we said, uh, of their players playing late uh, in the Comedy Bowl. So uh, Barcelona, the only main team that played there. Over in Germany, Bun- uh, Borussia Dortmund beat Mainz three-one with Erling Haaland scoring a brace and Marco Reus scoring for Marco Rose's side. Just a uh, brace on he- his return from injury there for that machine. I mean, yeah, he's not human. Let's no game, but he hasn't football. scored a brace. And it was his play. I swear every time I see these bad, he scored twice. Yeah, he just he's unreal. I mean, this season he's already got nine goals and he's only played six games. Unreal. Nuts. Yeah, uh, elsewhere, Bayern Munich had a five minute period of absolute craziness as they went on to beat Bayer Leverkusen 5 1. With Lewandowski and Serge Gnabry scoring a brace and Thomas Muller scoring the other goal. Uh, for uh, Nagelsmann I've forgotten his name for a second you forgot who the as manager they... was <laughs> yes uh, as they continue to dominate uh, the Bundesliga and finally uh, RB Leipzig were held to a 1-1 draw away at Freiburg despite Mikel Forsberg scoring a first half penalty for them 
Um, yeah, Bayern are just really running away with this league. I mean, yes, they're yeah. close on points, but if they're beaten by Leverkusen, who were second at the time, 5-1, the rest of the league really have no chance. They went to Leverkusen and smelt blood. Yeah. Uh, right, over to the French League now. On Friday, PSG beat Angers 2-1. Just about. Uh, yeah, just about. Uh, an Mbappe penalty in the 87th minute made sure Mauricio Pochettino's side won that game and cemented PSG's near-perfect start to the season as they remain top of the league. Elsewhere this season, Lille's bad season went uh, from bad to worse as they lost 1-0 to Clermont in the big game of the weekend over in France Lyon beat Monaco 2-0 with Jason Denier uh, scoring the second in the 90th minute and uh, Marseille put four past FC Lorient to uh, continue Marseille's good season I'd say uh, for them uh, nine games 17 points the way the French league works it's near perfect with PSG and then everyone else is just yeah <laughs> I mean Lens who are in second are nine points behind PSG and we've had ten games between them two Marseille and Nice have played obviously nine because of their game being postponed but Which everyone else has played ten games going, oh my god Lens is second but yeah like, <laughs> nobody cares uh, over in Italy, we had a good few big games this weekend. Uh, we'll start off with the Saturday fixture. Lazio beating Inter Milan 3-1, which is uh, definitely a surprise there. With Chairo Mobley, Felipe Anderson and Sergei Milinkovic-Savic scoring the goals. Mm. Uh, Lazio Yeah. Uh, AC Milan came back from 2-0 down to beat Hellas Verona 3-2. Giroud... Frank Chiesa and an own goal from Corai Gunter helped uh, Milan restore that after a poor start to the game for themselves. And uh, the big game that took place on Sunday between Juventus and Roma went uh, in the favour of Juventus, winning 1-0 thanks to Moyes Keane scoring the only goal of the game. Right, let's head to our predictions league now. And not a bad week for us actually. I was going to say, could any of us have called Bayern Munich against Leverkusen? I know I was two goals off, but still. Yeah, I was about to say, you were two goals off, I was three goals off, but no. Um, so, quick look, uh, Norwich-Brighton, we were both wrong, we went for a Brighton win, and obviously that was a draw. Uh, Everton-West Ham, we both said a draw, again, we were both wrong. Uh, I get one point for saying Chelsea would beat Brentford 3-2, uh, obviously that wasn't the scoreline, you get none for saying Brentford would win. Uh, we both get a point for predicting. <laughs> yes, uh, Bayern Munich versus uh, Bayer Leverkusen. We both get a point for. I get three points for the perfect score, as I predicted two 0 for Leon against Monaco. You get nothing for a draw, and Inter Milan versus Lazio. Both wrong. Uh, no points there. So. Uh, what that means, as well as the extra fantasy football point, is I'm now on to 27 points. You're on 26 points. I won fantasy this week. Yes, that is with the extra fantasy point. So, uh, close on that terms. Right. Uh, I believe that is all we are talking about this week, or is there anything else? There are, but there's obviously been quite a few news points that we could just add a bit of insight into mm-hmm. well, first, I want to start with the hilarious and damn right violent collision that happened on Saturday. <laughs> if you remember that one, 
that happened in Glentoran. I mean, it's impossible to forget. It was a bloody murder. <laughs> oh, forget the foliage then. So, so it was. Uh, Glentoran in the Northern Irish League are playing Coleraine. Coleraine uh, and it was a game. And the, yeah, the keeper just goes mental at his defender Bobby Burns. Yeah, um, Aaron McCary is the Glentoran keeper in question. He goes mental at Burns uh, for his defending, though. We both said once we saw that incident, the keeper actually should have done a lot, lot better. Was it there. the defender's fault? Uh, <laughs> Do you know what I'd want is that the defender no, just I think fully keep... stayed on the floor as well, like he'd been hit by an opposition player. He was getting his own keeper set up. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I genuinely think, I said, like I said to you uh, on Saturday when I saw that, that makes the Kieran Doyle Lee Boya one look. Like it was nothing. Like he fully went it out. It was only the goalie who actually to... didn't even Burns has just stood there <laughs> and just hands around his throat. Just, what I do? Yeah, it's absolutely uh, ridiculous that and he got sent off for, for punching his own teammate, which is not something you hear every day. Oh, just lost his mind. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the only other news. Uh, point that I had was England's stadium ban. Yes uh, so it was announced on Monday uh, that England would be playing one of their next, uh, or I think it has to be their next UEFA game behind closed doors after I believe it's uh, trouble the Albania from the Is that their next home game? Yes because we play San Marino I didn't know whether they were both away or one I home, believe one San away. Marino was away well, uh, they'll be playing that game behind closed doors after the UEFA Ethics and Disciplinary Inspector uh, looked at the incident regarding to the finals of the Euros yeah. and uh, have assessed that England should play their next two UEFA competitions matches as host nation behind closed doors with the second one being suspended for a prohibitory period of two years and the English FA have also... You could also kiss goodbye to the 2030 World Cup. Yeah. And um, they've also been England have also been fined a hundred thousand euros for the lack of order and discipline inside and around the stadium for the invasion of the field of play, for throwing of objects, and for the disturbance during the national anthem. You were saying a lack of. So, no you said about a lack of order. That was just the defence in the final. Well, yeah. Um, so that is all the talking points for this week. Uh, we'll be back in our usual Friday position uh, later on in the week. Mm-hmm preview all the Champions Premier League, League action and any other talking points yes we do actually have the Champions League uh, we'll just have a quick rundown of the games now um, Manchester City travel to Belgium as they uh, face Club Bruges and uh, the big game in Liverpool's group is they are travel or have travelled to Madrid to face Atletico Madrid and then on Wednesday Manchester United host uh, Italian side Atalanta in a must win fixture there whilst Chelsea play host to Swedish side Malmo um, so these are the Champions League fixtures over the next two days Manchester City as well aside needing to win sitting in third place in their group obviously Liverpool are a top of theirs Man United also in third place uh, though literally the exact same uh, goal difference and points as Young Boys but obviously Young Boys beating United that's why they're ahead and Chelsea sit second in their group so 
let's hope for another entertaining week of Champions League football absolutely well, that is all yes uh, we'll be back later on the week as I said to review the Champions League action and preview all the weekend's games that we have coming up and if there is any latest on Steve Bruce's future yeah probably I think he'll still be in charge for next weekend's game whoever they're playing uh, but until Friday make sure you like comment and subscribe follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod and our personal Twitters as well and until then it's goodbye from Brad see you. and it's goodbye from me we'll see you soon <laughs>